Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. That's right, we're still going to be talking about automation this week. There's just so much out there. I honestly could probably put together a fourth episode on this topic, but I think I'm going to be moving on to some other subjects next week. Part of the reason that automation is such a ripe topic is that it can help in almost any area of our life. This week, we're going to be focusing more on the work side of things, because when it comes to our jobs, there are just a ton of things that usually can be automated fairly easily. We have all those little tasks that we have to do all the time that aren't that hard, but do require us to shift our attention to them just for a little bit. And that's what I think is the best benefit of setting up automations for our ADHD brains. We've only got so much executive function for the day, and task switching can be a huge strain on us. When we set up these automations, we can make it so that instead of wasting our day doing little nitpicky things, that we can actually focus on the things that we want to do. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash even more automations. Before we get started, though, I also wanted to let everyone know about the ADHD Rewired Live Q&A. Every second Tuesday of the month, I join Eric Tivers of ADHD Rewired and Brendan Mahan of ADHD Essentials at 10.30 a.m. Pacific for a live Q&A where we answer any question that you might have about ADHD. The next one is coming up this week on December 8th. I love doing these Q&As, and this month we're going to be joined by the hosts of two new podcasts that will be joining the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network in January. So if you've got questions, make sure to go and register at ADHDRewired.com slash events. Hope to see you there. All right, keep on listening for even more automations to make your life that much more automated. Most people have some tasks that they need to do that are just tedious, or maybe even not tedious, but stuff that needs to get done, but doesn't need a whole lot of thought on your part. For example, on my website, I have a form you can fill out if you want to contact me. This cuts down on the number of web crawlers that can just pull my email address directly from the site and then relentlessly spam me. Filling out this form sends me an email that I can respond to. Now, it would be awesome if I was able to just get around to replying to everyone right away, but I have a huge wall of awful up. And if you don't know what that is, go check out episode 40, The Wall of Awful with Brendan Mahan. Trust me, if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. Anyway, so I have this wall of awful around responding to email, and this is only made worse by the fact that I'll see the email, read the email, and then it kind of just disappears into my inbox. What I need to do is create a to-do about responding to those emails. When I do this, it creates a logical progression in my mind, and I don't lose track of the fact that I didn't do this task right away. Now, here's where automation can come in. Instead of reading the email and then going about creating that to-do, I've created something that will automatically create the to-do once someone clicks the Submit Form button. Sometimes I don't need to respond to everything that comes through that form. I mean, I still get spam and phishing attacks occasionally. The automation isn't going to know what to filter out, but that's okay. I can just delete the ones that don't need to happen. And while the automation does save me a little time in creating that to-do, What it really does is that it saves me from ever forgetting to create that to-do in the first place. So let's talk a little bit about how I set this automation up, because it was actually a lot easier than what you might think. When people are thinking about automations that they can set up on their computer, they might be thinking they need to learn how to program. 
That may have been true a few years ago, and certainly there are advanced automations that can be set up through programming, but most of what I'm going to be talking about today isn't going to require any programming knowledge. Alright, so for that to-do automation I set up, I used a service called Zapier, and that's Z-A-P-I-E-R. So, you know, like Zap-ear. And what it does is it connects two different web services. So, for my example, I host my website through Squarespace, and I'm currently using the to-do program Todoist. With Zapier, I log into both programs, and then I set up a trigger, and here that's the contact form being submitted, and then I create an action based on that trigger. And so, in this case, the action is creating a to-do in Todoist. And along with that, I can set up a lot of parameters about what's going to happen in Todoist. So for this example, instead of just creating a generic new task, my new tasks are created as reply to, and then it fills in the email address, plus in the notes section of the to, it has all the text from the email I just got. And this is just a small example here. There are over 2,000 apps that you can connect with Zapier. I also have Zaps, and that's what they call the automation action, for Google Calendar, Gmail, and some smaller programs I use for podcasting. And I should note here that while Zapier can be free to use, its free model only supports having five Zaps and doing 100 tasks per month. After that, you'll have to upgrade to a paid version. If you do go for the paid version, you can also upgrade to some more powerful multi-step Zaps where triggers can do a couple things at once. An alternative to Zapier is IFTTT which stands for If This, Then That. IFTTT connects two different services to do something automatically for you, but there is more of a focus on your phone and smart devices. In the first episode in this series on automation, I talked a lot about various smart devices that you can use in your house. With IFTTT, you can make those smart devices even more powerful. And with the recent update to iOS, IFTTT can allow you to set up some nifty shortcuts on your phone. Although, as a note, Android users have already had that feature for a few years now. IFTTT is also free to use, but does have a pro version that has a set-your-own-price subscription model for those really advanced recipes that might be multi-step or need some sort of conditional logic. And just to get your brain juices flowing, here's a couple of ideas that you could implement with these programs. Saving articles to read later. Automatically having your phone set to silent based on when you have meetings on your Google Calendar. Schedule and track tasks and goals. Get the weather sent to your phone every morning. Receive reminders for hydration. Get summaries of how you're spending your time. Or track your workouts. By setting up automations in these programs, you can do way more with what you have and cut down on the time that you're just transferring data from one program to another. All right, let's talk about automating our inboxes now. Or at least cutting down on some of that email frustration. And we're going to start with what's essentially a reverse automation, and that's to work on unsubscribing from all those newsletters we're getting. I think this is a reverse automation because these emails are being automatically sent out by the content creators. And trust me, they also don't want to be sending stuff to people who don't want it. I know that it can seem like an overwhelming number of emails to unsubscribe to, but it does wonders for making your inbox a more sane place to live. You don't have to do it all at once either. In fact, that rarely works because these emails are coming in staggered throughout the week and month. So what we want to focus on is is every time we see a new newsletter come in and we know we're just not going to read it, just unsubscribe from that newsletter. I know there's so many that we get signed up for. Every company seems to have a newsletter now, and I can't say I really appreciate all that extra spam I'm getting. Because, yeah, that was great that I bought a pillow from those guys last year, but I don't understand what the hell I'm going to do with a pillow newsletter. All right, along with cutting out newsletters, we can also help tame our inboxes with a few filters. 
If you use Gmail, you might already be familiar with some of the various viewing options like Priority Inbox, or the default tabs like Updates, Promotions, and Social. These are great for starting off with getting your email organized. And we can take some of these same ideas to create filters that will automatically sort our emails that we want, but don't necessarily need to see all the time. Like all those emails I get from my Amazon orders. Nice to know when my stuff is coming, but I don't need those with all the rest of my email. To create a filter in Gmail, all you have to do is click on the year icon in the top right corner, click the See All Settings, and then click the Filters tab. By setting up a few folders and filters, you can really make your inbox a lot more livable. Although to note with this, sometimes when we create these folders, we're just creating places that we're banishing emails that we're never going to look at. So we'll go back to that first idea and just unsubscribe from that stuff that you're never going to look at. On top of all this, we should also work on only checking our email a few times a day. I mean, most of the time what we're getting in our inbox isn't actually urgent. And if it is urgent, well, it probably should have been a phone call or a text. But I'll digress there. Point is, we often check our email far more often than it actually needs to be checked. Our first way to lower this is by deleting email from our phones. I know, that practically feels like a sin. A smartphone without email? But unless you are actually using your phone to process and answer emails, it's just going to serve as a roadblock to processing your email. Next, we're going to want to set up specific times that we're going to check our email. Because I tried the whole, I'll just check my email less thing, And what I found is that I'd either continuously stress check my email, or I'd forget for a couple of days and wind up with more newsletters than I could shake a stick at. If we set up a few times throughout the day that we're going to go in and go through our inboxes, we're more likely to see the things that we need to see, and we're not going to be worried that we're going to miss something. A likely scenario here is two to three times a day, but you'll have to calibrate that for what works best for you. Perhaps you'll find that once in the morning is enough, or that you actually need a few more passes. And by schedule, I do mean schedule. Set up specific times that you're going to be going in to check your email, and then create reminders to do it at those times. And remember, setting up a reminder system is just another form of automation. Oh, but you're telling me there are certain emails that you just can't ignore? If your boss emails you, you're expected to get it right away? Well, in that case, we can do some more automation here. With those services like Zapier or IFTTT, that I mentioned earlier, you can set up connections that will give you notifications when you have those high-priority emails. Alright, now this is great for the receiving side of email, but sending email can be a chore as well. Fortunately, we can work on making that process a little easier too. First thing we should be looking at is how we respond to emails. With ADHD, we can be a little... verbose sometimes. I'm no exception here. I just want to give context to everything I'm saying, and that's because I'm used to people not always understanding what I'm trying to get to, and that's often because I go off on tangents, and these tangents need their own context, and then I need to explain why what I'm saying is taking so long, and then I want to delete the email because it's an awful mess of spaghetti, and I have no idea where I was really supposed to begin, and then also not really sure if I ended up answering the question that they asked. Yeah, it goes something like that. Our solution here is three sentences. And really, that's three dot s-e-n-t-e-n-c dot e-s. Yeah, that's actually a web address. The .es is the country code top-level domain for Spain. I'd explain what this is, but they do such a good job on their site, I'm just going to read what they have there. The problem. Email takes too long to respond to, resulting in continuous inbox overflow for those who receive a lot of it. The solution. Treat all email responses like SMS text messages, using a set number of letters per response. Since it's too hard to count letters, we count sentences instead. Three sentences is a personal policy that all email responses, regardless of recipient or subject, will be three sentences or less. It's that simple. 
All right, so that's what that's about. And they also have versions for 2, 4, and 5. But I feel like 3 is a good number to aim for here. I haven't officially adopted this policy yet, but it is in heavy consideration. And the point of the three sentences website is so that you can have something you slip into your email signature to explain your short and to-the-point emails. Okay, so we're writing shorter emails, but we can't actually automate the process of writing emails, can we? Oh ho ho, we can. And for those of you wondering, yes, I wrote oh ho ho in my script. It was a stylistic choice. The first thing that's going to help with the writing aspect is predictive text which is just the computer guessing what you're going to say next based on your usual responses. This is a feature already built into Gmail. It's that gray text that appears and is usually eerily accurate to what you're going to write anyway. Basically, we all have these verbal mannerisms that we use over and over again. It's something that I've become keenly aware of with all the writing I do for this podcast. I mean, okay, see that one right there? I use I mean all the time. And also, let's talk. And I also have to watch myself with the word actually because I use it way too much. It's just a reminder that I can be a lazy writer sometimes. All right, anyways, since we have these patterns of how we talk and write, and Google has, like, all of our data, they're getting pretty good at imitating us. Yay! Privacy concerns aside, it's actually a pretty good way to speed up writing emails. Another way to speed up our email responses is through canned responses. This is actually another feature you can set up through Gmail. Again, click the gear in the top right corner, and then click See All Settings, and then go to the Advanced tab. Once there, you can click to turn on Canned Responses. Worry not, this is not going to automatically start sending emails for you. Instead, it gives an easy way to create and insert templates to your email. Just click the three dots next to the trash can and click Templates, where you can either save what you're currently working on as a template, or load whatever canned response you want to to send out. Now, of course, canned responses aren't going to work for everything, but they're definitely going to help cut down on those emails that you send out with the same information over and over again. And with everything else on this list, I think if we can make email just a little bit easier, then that's going to be worth it. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Use programs like Zapier or IFTTT to create connections between other programs to help automate some of your workflow. 2. The first step in making your inbox more manageable is unsubscribing from all those newsletters you don't read, and then setting up filters to direct the rest of your mail into various folders. 3. You can use predictive text and canned responses to reduce the amount of time it takes to respond to your emails. Links will be in the show notes at hackingyouradhd.com slash evenmoreautomations. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at hackingyouradhd. Or you can leave me a question over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. And if you want, I can even try and answer that question on the air. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is tell a friend an episode you think they'd like. You could also leave me a rating or review on your podcast player, or you can support me directly by supporting my Patreon and getting some cool perks. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The ADHD Rewired Podcast Network also has some other great shows you might want to check out. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers features in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts. And ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan also has great interviews, but has more of a family focus. So if you're a parent with ADHD or have a kid with ADHD, definitely check that one out. 
And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 1030 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. My landlord texted me saying we need to meet up and talk about how high my heating bill is. Well, I replied, sure thing. My door's always open. 